0: Uh, we have a couple of really cool visitors here before I introduce our amazing speaker for tonight. Um, but, uh, we have, uh, actually, uh, two, um, people from a ministry called Living Water. And, uh, it's just an incredible ministry. Uh, they, one part of the ministry is specifically campus ministry towards, uh, UC Berkeley. And, uh, it's just a ministry that we've got to partner with in the past, and they're just ridiculously awesome. We have one of the interim pastors, uh, Pastor Sam. So if you can stand to your feet. Right. Pastor Sam. That sounds nice. Right. Got a nice ring to it. And we have Justin. Justin uh, has uh, actually been a part of Emmaus in the past as well, but he just returned and is now doing uh, ministry with Living Water as well. And so, Justin, if you can stand to your feet. He's an Emmaus alum, you can say. Um, and we also have a couple of New Philly people that are joining us for today, and so uh, especially we have someone that used to be on staff with the mayus. and so we have a s- alum in the house. And so Jamie, if you can just stand to your feet, <laughs> um, she uh, yeah was part of staff with us, and also we have our sister Semi as well, who are, who's with us. You guys know from the retreat. Um, and uh, we also have a, another guest, uh, not guest, but visitor. He's also an Emmaus alum, someone that was also blessed uh, through Emmaus, but also has been a ridiculous blessing to us. And so, Jason, if you can stand to your feet. Our African brother in the house. I know that just confused you, but uh, Jason is from Botswana, and uh, his sister is in the house as well. Uh, and so, sister, come on, raise your Thank you. <laughs> And so I just want to say that we're going to have a fun time today. Um, Today's speaker is actually someone that... um, Oh, I'm sorry. Susie's in the house, too. I just realized Susie is also another new failure. She also uh, volunteered at the retreat, so I'm sure you guys remember her as well. Um, Tonight's speaker is just someone who is just insane. Uh, And I mean that in the most... The best of ways. Uh, She's insane because she... Uh, has a heart um, that is so in line with God's heart. And um, she's a a daughter of New Philly uh, and one of our staff. But uh, more than that, she directs a ministry called Unearthed. And I'm sure she'll give you more information about, you know, her ministry. But she has a burning heart to see human trafficking end, period. I don't think you guys got that. She has a heart to see human trafficking end. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she has devoted so much of her time, her heart to uh, really not only research, but to pray, to intercede and to go out uh, even in the red light district and connect uh, with both pimps and prostitutes and just to make and be a light in one of the darkest areas when it comes to what's going on in this world today. And, uh, you know, you hear about things like slavery and we think of it as something in the past, but slavery is happening right now. And it's happening in the most extreme and most, uh, the numbers have risen to even the highest in, in the whole history of humankind. And it's in the form of human trafficking, both sex trafficking, as well as human trafficking where people get trafficked to work. Uh, and, uh. Today she's going to give a powerful message on justice God's heart for justice and so I want you guys to give a warm welcome to our sister Cassandra Let's just give it up for her can we get a can we get the yeah um, Thank you You're so tall out of control I have
1: like Emmaus! Seriously! You know, um, Eunice sends out weekly emails to the staff at New Philly. And um, every time she sends it every week, I read it and I'm like, man, seriously, Emmaus, (laughs) you guys are awesome. So um, I'm just really blessed to be here. I'm really excited to share with you guys. And um, I'm kind of jealous that I'm not a college student anymore. Because I want to come every week. So either I have to join staff or I have to, I don't know, go back in time or something. But um, anyways, like Pastor Aaron said, my name um, You know, This is awkward if I keep turning to the side like this to look at my notes, right? Um, I'm one of the administrators at New Philly. So I work at New Philly and I teach also. And um, yeah, like she said, I have the amazing honor of... Yo, PC said at, at uh, what did he say? At 1038, just embrace the awkwardness, okay? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to embrace the awkwardness. Um, yeah, I have the amazing honor of leading a, a group called Unearthed. And uh, we, like she said, we have a heart to see human trafficking end. And, um, yeah, there's so much that's happening right here in Korea. The sex industry, uh, it's huge, I think it's more than anybody really knows unless they open their eyes and look for it. And this is our heart. Our heart is to see it changed and renewed. And uh, we want to see complete transformation of the sex industry in Korea, complete transformation of everyone that's involved. And, um, yeah, it's just such an honor to lead this ministry. So, um, Semi and Jamie are part of the Unearthed team. So, I'm super glad that they're here tonight. Um, We have six people on the team right now currently. Um, we're small, but we're crazy, and <laughs> we do a lot. So um, I'll tell you guys more as, as we continue to go on. I'll tell you more about Unearthed and, and what we do. But, um, yeah, let me just say a quick prayer for us as we go. Um, Father, I thank you, Lord, that your spirit is here with us in this room tonight, God. I thank you, Lord, that you have already been preparing hearts to hear this message. I thank you, Father, that uh, every heart and mind is open, And receptive to receive what you're going to do tonight. And I thank you, Father, that you are showing us more of your son through the word tonight. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I really need you guys. This room is huge. And my eye level is here. Okay. So I see, like, emptiness. So I need you to pull me in with your whatever this is. Thank you. Okay. I really need you to do that for me tonight. Okay draw my eyes back down. Um, How many of you guys heard Pastor Aaron's message last week? Seriously, right? I listened to it. I was like, oh, this is so good. And if you haven't heard it, you guys need to listen to it. It's going to like smack you in the face (laughs) in a good way, but you need it. So what I want to say tonight, Emmaus, is now that you've been filled you guys got tongues, you guys got saved, you got your family saved, you got filled with the fire, what are you going to do? Okay, like Pastor Aaron said, what are you going to do? How are you going to keep from becoming a dead sea? Um, One of the areas, one of the things I want to talk to you tonight is about is justice. Surprise, surprise, right? (laughs) Um, This is one of the ways that you might be able to get involved with what you're doing, a way that you can release what God has been giving to you in the area of justice. Um, so I'm sure that if I asked you, you could list off at least 20 areas more of injustice that you see in the world. You know, We see um, North Korean prison camps. We see orphans. We see sex trafficking. We see child soldiering. We see forced labor camps, domestic abuse, um, child abuse, AIDS, divorce, abortion, suicide. It doesn't end there. It's everywhere. The list goes on and on, and it encompasses everything we know. And we hear about it so much, you know, justice, justice, justice. But what does justice really mean? What is justice? You know, during my time with Unearthed, I've been with um, Unearthed for about two years. Um, I've seen a lot and I've heard a lot And sadly, one of the things that I've seen is a lot of deception surrounding what justice actually is. And I've seen a lot of people get hurt because of that. So I want to share with you guys today what justice is and what it's not, and then ways that you might want to get involved. So first off, what justice is not, okay, I want everyone to repeat after me, justice is not a movement. Yeah, justice is not a movement. You know, despite what society shows us, it's not a movement. It's not a cause. Justice isn't a cause. It's not a growing trend. It isn't a fad. It isn't something that we join. It isn't a new wave in the social agenda. You know, when I was back in high school, I kept hearing all the time about the AIDS movement. AIDS. It was, at that time, it was the AIDS movement. And everything was about that. You know, celebrities um, did benefit concerts. And they went to Africa to try to raise money for AIDS. And and there were, um, you know, Gap, that clothing store, Gap, they made T-shirts about AIDS. And people rallied around it. There were movements. There were protests. Everything was about AIDS. It was about the AIDS movement. But do you know what movements do? They move. Right? I don't think you guys... Got the depth of that, right? <laughs> Movements move. Yeah. Um, so I heard about AIDS all the time, but then slowly I didn't hear about it anymore. And then now what do we hear about? We hear about sex trafficking. Everything's about sex trafficking, right? It's about Cambodia, it's about Thailand, it's about um this new social justice movement, right? And we don't hear about AIDS anymore. Is that because AIDS was cured? No. It's because, you know, there was just a new move in society. And you know, I'm not knocking when when celebrities are are doing stuff or when people are doing stuff because I think that it's necessary and I think it's good and I think amazing things are being done. But what I'm saying is that justice isn't a movement. It isn't a new thing that we can get hyped about until the tide sways us in another direction. It isn't the new cool kid major to join at college, right? Social justice major? It's not the new cool thing to do. Justice isn't something that we can join or something that we can do or something that we can hopefully attain someday. Justice isn't a movement. Justice is a person. It's a man. And it's his heart. Justice isn't something we do. It's someone we get to know. And if we don't understand this truth, then we're going to walk in the deception and everything we try to do with our own good intentions, it's going to fail. And we're going to get swept up in the next tide and we're going to end up doing nothing at all. You know, when I was a kid... I was a crazy bookworm. Like, I read chapter books, like, every day. Seriously. My, I mean, my whatever. I was crazy. But, um, so I wanted to be an author. But then I wanted to be an artist. So I really, you know, I drew, drew all the time. And, and then um, as I was growing up, I, my heart began to move for injustice. And I wanted to be a primatologist. Do you know what that is? That is someone who studies monkeys, okay? I used to read National Geographic all the time, and my heart was like, oh, the rainforest, the gorillas are being killed, right? I'm serious. I was all about it. My room was plastered with pictures of burning rainforests and these gorillas, Everything I got for Christmas was a monkey. (laughs) Everything. Slippers, necklaces, candles, everything. Candles. I had monkey candles. But, and and that wasn't a childhood thing, okay? That lasted until I was, like, graduated high school, (laughs) okay? Um, But then, I, you know, I kind of realized that maybe it'd be better if I you know, if I took this heart of passion and I put it towards helping people instead of monkeys, you know? So, um, so when I went to college, I wanted to be a full-time missionary in Africa, of course, right? If I'm not going to study the monkeys, at least I want to see them. But, um, then when I went to college, I got into college and being a missionary changed to being a youth pastor, and then that changed to you know being a social worker, and then I changed my major, and then and then I changed it again, and I wanted to be a French teacher, and then I wanted to be an FBI secret agent, and then I graduated college, and I was just friggin' confused, right? And you know, I was really like, I was kind of mad at myself. I was like, Cassandra, what what the heck do you even want to do? What are you What are you doing? What do you? What do you want? Why Why can't I be committed to something? That's what I was feeling. Why can't I be committed to something? Why do I keep changing my mind? It's because I didn't understand what justice was. I didn't understand who justice was. And I was swayed by the movements, and I was swayed by my own emotions. You see, when... When we believe that we're doing a social justice movement, then we're deceived into believing that it's ultimately about us. That it's something that we can do. You know, this social justice movement mindset tells us that we can come up with strategies and plans and ideas and we can put all of our resources together and we can reach an end goal. It tells us that as long as our emotions are stirred up enough... And we see a video about children somewhere in the world and we cry, or we see something happening wrong to a woman or a child, and we get angry and we want to act out in vengeance, you know, then we're doing a good thing. Then we're being good people. It tells us that if we have enough passion and drive, then we can uh, succeed in obtaining justice. But if that's all a deception. Our strategies and our strength will fail us. They will. Our passion and our compassion, it will run out. What you think you might feel passionate and compassionate about, it will change. And our emotions, I mean, how many of you know they're not stable, right? They're not stable. They will change. If you guys have your Bibles, I want you to please open up to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah 42. Um, You guys can just read along with me and just, I want you to just look at it and listen and just take it in. But um, I'm reading from the NASB version. That's what my study Bible is. But um, just follow along whatever version you have. But Isaiah 42. Verses 1 through 4, it says, behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice on the earth. Amen. You know what the social justice movement tells us is deception. But what the word tells us is the truth. We don't have to try to make a perfect plan and execute it and try to rescue people from injustice. Because the word says that he will bring forth justice to the nations. He does it. We don't have to try to have enough compassion or have the right feelings inside or know what to say to someone if we meet them. Because the word says... That a bruised reed he will not break. That means that even the most frail person, even the most brokenhearted, he knows what to say. He deals gently with them. We don't have to worry about burning out. We don't have to worry about being frustrated or changing our minds. Because the word says that he is not discouraged and he is not disheartened. But he will faithfully bring forth justice. He won't stop until he has established justice on the earth. So we need to stop being deceived by this justice movement way of thinking. Because it's not about us. It's not about you and what you can do. It's about Jesus. For some of you, that might be a word of conviction. It's not about you. It's not about what you're doing. But for some of you, that might be a word of freedom. It's not about what you have to do. It's not about what you have to try to come up with on your own. You know, I met a lot of people who are working for justice, um, even Christians, But they have the social justice mindset, and, and they haven't fully connected with God's heart about the truth and about who justice really is. And they're working on their own, and they are depressed. They are bitter. They are angry. And I know people that have wanted to commit suicide because of the instability of their emotions as they are working in the name of justice. And then there are people who are annoyed by the prostitutes that they rescue. They don't really believe that they're ever going to change or that they're going to be restored or that they're going to be healed. And they are so disgusted by the customers that come in and use these women that they would never, ever spend a moment helping them. They hate the pimps. And they hate the government for not helping them more. They have no hope and they have no joy. What the heck kind of justice is that? Is that the kind of justice that we're supposed to release to the brokenhearted? You know, is that the kind of justice that we're supposed to release to the hopeless and to the depressed? Is that what they're supposed to be banking on to get them out of their current situation? For a lot of people, this is a life or death situation. So we don't have time to continue on in the deception of this justice movement way of thinking because uh, our emotions are stirred up and, and, and they're not stable and we don't have time to waste trying to get our perfect little strategy put together. We need to release the truth of the word that He will not break the brokenhearted. He will not be annoyed by the prostitute, but yet He chases after her. He will not be discouraged and suicidal, but He will establish justice faithfully because He never changes and He never lies. You know, that is a truth that they can hope in. That is something that they can rely on and put their faith in to get them out of where they're at. Like Aaron said, right now, today, there's more than 27 million people in slavery. 27 million. And that might be sex slavery or it might be forced to labor slavery, but there's more slaves today than ever before. And um, according to a a group in Korea called One Voice, or Hansori, but um, the number of women involved in the sex industry in Korea is more than 1.2 million. That's just in Korea. That is 20% of all the women between the ages of 15 and 29. Those are your friends. That's you guys. That's Yonsei. That's your campus. 20%. We don't have time for a social justice movement. Yeah. You know, as of 2006, Korea's annual porn revenue was the second highest in the world, totaling $25.7 billion a year. That was Korea. That's like way, way more than America. And one of the most disturbing statistics that I've ever heard personally, um, it says that roughly 90, uh, I'm sorry, that sex in Korea, sex is purchased roughly 94 million times a year. Um, And that doesn't include the shady underground places. That's just the places they can count. So all the massage parlors that you see, the office tells that you see, the little cards that you see on the floor where they call the number, that doesn't include that. 94 million times a year. Now, if you're like me, you have no concept for what that means. Okay, I have no concept for what that means. What does 94 million even look like? I'll tell it to you a different way. This is the equivalent of every man in Korea between the age of 20 and 64 purchasing sex at least six times a year. We don't have time for a social justice movement. You know, I tell you these stats not to target your emotions or to make you feel sad or, or angry, but I want to stir your spirits because we can't afford to continue being deceived by this way of thinking. You know, Korea cannot afford for us to continue thinking like this. So Emmaus, what do you do now? What are you going to do now that you know you're responsible for that information? I'm sorry if that makes you feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) I told you and you heard it and now you're responsible for that. So what are you going to do? What can you do? Two things you can do. Number one, you can connect and you can release. Everyone say connect and release. Mm. I told you that this place is empty and you need to give me something more. Everybody say connect and release. release. That's my guy right there. That's my guy. You got me. Yes. (laughs) All right. You can connect with Jesus, the God of justice, and then you can release his heart onto the earth. So first we connect to Jesus, the person through the word and through prayer. We cannot know Jesus and know his heart if we don't pray and read the word. It's impossible. Or if we think we know him, we, I don't know what kind of view of him it is. So what I want to say to you is study justice in the Bible. Study how his heart is moved for justice. Study how Jesus releases justice. Justice. You know, the entire Bible, seriously, I was looking through, trying to find, you know, whatever, but some, you know, awesome verse to give you. But it's like impossible because the whole Bible talks about justice. So I could just sit here and read it all to you, but I don't have time for that. So the entire Bible is swimming with justice. That girl thinks I'm funny. I like that. Um, read Exodus. See how God releases his people from captivity. Read Acts. See how God heals people and busts them out of prison. Read Deuteronomy. See what God says in his law about justice and righteousness. Read Hosea. Study how God pursues the heart of a prostitute. Read the Psalms. See how God feels about justice. Read Isaiah. Study the prophecies about Jesus releasing justice onto the earth. You know, there's so much in there, and you could open up to anything, probably, and you could find um, about justice. But this is how we need to connect to him. We need to connect to the heart of Jesus, the heart of the God of justice through the word. Um, you know, a friend of mine back in the States, um, he works full-time for sex trafficking, ending sex trafficking. I'm sorry. Sometimes I say things, and in my head, it's like, oh, he works full-time for sex trafficking. But taken out of context, that's not really good. So I know that you guys are flowing with me in, in what I mean, okay? So he works full-time to end sex trafficking. And uh, he wrote on his Facebook page a while back that he was going to study the entire Bible. And find every reference in it related to prostitution, justice, um, uh, trafficking, slavery, whatever. Okay. And and I read that on Facebook, and I was like, Wow, that guy's so holy. Oh my gosh. I hope he writes a book about that because I want to know what those passages are. And you know what, Holy Spirit said to me, Do it yourself. Do it. Right. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can read the Bible myself, too. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Holy spirit, man. So that's what I've been doing this year. I've been um, going through the Bible. I've been reading through and uh, just, you know, marking all of the passages that have to do with justice. And I've been blown away. I never would have thought that there was so much. And it is making, I mean, it's way more fun than I thought. I was like, man, seriously, this is going to take me, like, forever. But I read it, and I'm like, I want, I want more. I want to know more. And so I just keep reading. And it's so fun. And it makes the Bible so much more interesting. Okay? <laughs> so we need to connect to Jesus' heart through the word. And then we need to pray. Well, I don't know how to pray about stuff like this. Pray exactly what you read in the Bible. All you got to do is speak it out, right? Pray Isaiah 42, like I read to you. Jesus will establish justice on the earth. Jesus will establish justice in my family. He will not quit until he establishes justice in Korea, on my campus, in my nation. God, open the prison doors. Open the brothel doors. Release the prisoners. uh, Let the prostitute know that you love her. Pray like that. You guys have everything you need inside of you to pray like that. Pray in your quiet times. Pray at Friday fire or your Wednesday prayer meeting that you have at your church or whatever you have. Pray at joint prayer meeting. Go there and pray. It's all about Korea. It's all about praying for this nation. Get a group of friends together and pray about a specific issue that you have burning on your heart. That's how on earth started. It started with a couple people seeing how there was injustice all around Korea. And then they got together just to pray about it. And then God showed up and he took over. He's going to do that. You get together with your friends and he's going to take over. Mm hmm, telling you. Pray as you ride the bus. Pray as you walk down the street. Do you know why? Because there is injustice everywhere. Right in the midst of all the cafes that you guys probably hang out at and all the restaurants that you go to right over here in Shinchon, there are a ton of love motels that are not only used by couples. Those little cards you see on the floor, where do you think they go? Where do you think those girls go? Injustice is everywhere. All you got to do is look around and pray. You know, I'm just going to be real with you guys right now and share and share something that really upsets me the most as I do this ministry. It's when people come up to me and they tell me that they have a heart for sex trafficking and that they feel like God has called them into this ministry and they've heard things about on earth and they want to get involved. And they email me and they ask me when they can join on our walks through the red light district or when, you know, they can join when we talk to the pimps or when they can come with us as we hit the streets. And then I tell them that we pray on Tuesdays and we'd love to have them join us. And then suddenly they're busy. And they're not interested in coming anymore. You know, it really, really breaks my heart and it irks me. When people look at sex trafficking as something they can do for an adventure, it's something cool that they can do, that they have crazy stories to tell other people. You know, if you say that you have a heart to see justice on the earth and you feel like God's calling you to this ministry and you feel like you want to rescue people, but you don't have a heart to pray, you don't know anything about God's heart for justice. You think that you've moved beyond prayer meetings because this is the small stuff and you're so tough and you're so gangster that that, that's not for you anymore? Let me tell you something. You're not as gangster as you think you are. You're not. You think you're ready for what's out there? Mm. If you can't pray, you're not ready. You're going to go out on the street, and what's going to happen is you're not covered. You're going to go out there without praying, and you're going to think that you're so awesome because you're getting an adventure, and you're going to get shot down. You're going to get cut up. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get bruised, and then you're going to quit. And then you're going to wonder where God is and why he was telling you something and why da, da 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 It's because you think that you don't need to pray. Justice isn't something we do. It's not an adventure. It's a person that we get to connect to. If you don't understand that, then you've completely missed it. You've completely missed it. And you clearly have no idea what God does when we pray. You don't know who God is. Look, have you guys ever, have you ever read the book Heavenly Man by Brother Yoon? God is crazy when we pray. Seriously. Like, this is one of my favorite books, and I don't even know how many times I've read it, but this guy is a Christian in China, and he's persecuted. You know, it's like modern-day Paul, Saul, persecuting the Christians. And um, he was in prison, and he was beaten so badly that he literally could not walk. He had to be carried everywhere. And then the Lord came and he prayed and his people back, you know, in China were praying. And the Lord showed up and this guy walked through like three doors that were like bolted. Like this guy was in a maximum security prison. And these doors are bolted and there's guards. And he walks on his two broken legs. He walks past guards that look literally right at him, but they don't see him. So he walks past, he goes through multiple doors and then he walks out into the main courtyard of this maximum security prison and nothing. And then the main gate to the prison is just open. So he walks out and then sitting right out in front of the prison is a taxi. So he gets in and he goes off and God released him from prison. Don't tell me God's not crazy when we pray. Don't tell me that's not an adventure. Please, man. You know, that's what I believe in when I walk through the red light district. God did that in the Bible, and he still did that today. He's going to do that for these women that are locked in this brothel. That's what we stand on. That's what we are resting on, not our emotions or not what we can do. But we're resting on a God who doesn't change. So back to praying. Sorry. Um, get a prayer journal, or a notebook if a journal's too girly for you. Um, <laughs> get a notebook, get a prayer notebook, and write down prayers that you have for your family or for Korea, and then write down things that are answered, and you're going to begin to see this testimony of answered prayer after answered prayer that later you look back on and you're like, dang, I'm, wa- I'm walking in an adventure right now, right? Um, yeah, God does crazy stuff when we pray. You know, just like um, one of y'all were praying and fasting for somebody at the retreat, and then he ended up in your small group. Yeah. That didn't happen because you did something. That was God answering your prayers. Hmm. I love him. He's so good. Um, all right, so I talked about connecting to Jesus' heart as something that we can do. We've got to connect to Jesus' heart. And then the second thing, do you remember what it was? Release, release yes. Connect and release. We've got to release what we, what we get. We connect to Jesus' heart. Now we've got to release that. We study the God of justice in the Bible. Now we got to release that justice, right? The world needs to know the truth of the God of justice in the Bible. So we got to release that. Um, so I imagine some of you guys are probably thinking like, okay, prayer I can do. I can do my prayer notebook. But I don't know. I don't know how to release justice, right? Especially with the stats that I told you, like, what do you even do? I don't, I don't know how to do that. Um, but. You know, I want to tell you a story of um, six years ago, I was um, at an internship at the International House of Prayer back in the States. And one of the things that my leader said to me and just to all of us that struck so much, he said, um, you know, a lot of us were kind of like in college or right out of college, not knowing what we wanted to do. And so what he said to us was, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and do whatever you want. And I was like, wow, you know, but that broke off so much. That broke off so much pressure. I can love the Lord with all my heart and soul and mind and do whatever I want. Um, And I think it's the same for releasing justice. You know, not not everyone is called to go into ministry full-time for justice. You know, not all of you are called to lead a ministry like I do. Um, So how are you supposed to do it? What are you supposed to do? Well, what I want to say to you is connect to the heart of Jesus and release his heart of justice and do whatever you want. Connect to the heart of Jesus through prayer and through the word. Release his heart of justice and do whatever you want. So if you want to do this full time, amen, we need people. But if you want to be a teacher, then connect to God through the word. And then release justice into your classroom. Teach your kids about justice. Teach your students. If you want to start a business, connect to the heart of Jesus and release justice in your company or to other business owners you meet. You know, especially in Korea. Business is so corrupt. And business is a large part of why the sex industry is thriving here. We need people in the business. Connect to his heart and then release it. If you play sports, connect to the heart of Jesus and talk to your teammates about it. Release justice to your teammates. If you're an artist, connect to the heart of Jesus and then show justice through your work. If you like to study, (laughs) all right, if you like to study, read a bunch of books, look up all the statistics, and then tell people about it. You can be that crazy sex lady like me who talks to everybody about prostitution. <laughs> Everything that comes out of my mouth is like sex trafficking, sex industry, no, 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 right? But you can do that, and that's releasing justice. People need to know. They don't know, and Koreans especially, they don't know. People don't really know because they don't open their eyes. If you play music, connect to the heart of Jesus. And release it through your music. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard it either, but Sir Randy over here, when he plays the bass, I hear the heartbeat of God. <laughs> when I was at the retreat, I was, I was seriously, I was like, oh my gosh! Like just listening to the beat of the bass and the drums, I was like, God, open the prison doors. You know, when Paul and Silas were in prison and they worshiped, the earthquake came and shook and then all the doors were opened. So when you play an instrument or when you play the bass or when you play the drums or when you sing, you have no idea what God might be doing on the other side of the world. He might have opened a whole prison full of doors. He might have opened a whole brothel and released all those prisoners and you have no idea. But it's just because you sang in your room. You can release justice through singing in your room. So There's so many things that you guys can do. Okay, pretty much anything you want. Write a book. Make a movie. Raise money. Evangelize. Do prayer walks. Go on a mission trip. Whatever it might be. You all have at least one thing that you can do. And you all have at least one person that you can tell this to. But let me just add something before, before we go on. That all of these things you need to do under the covering of your spiritual leaders. Because I've seen a lot of people go out and, like I said before, they think they want adventure. And then they go out and they do stupid stuff and then they get jacked up. Right? Because they think that they can handle whatever comes their way. But they can't. So don't just go out with your friends one day and try to evangelize to the pimps, okay? It's not going to work. It's not that easy. Don't just go into some, you know, wherever and, like, bring your video camera because you want to capture them in action, all right? Don't do that. Seriously, don't do that. I tried that once. Don't do that. (sighs) That was before I had spiritual covering, okay? (laughs) Okay. Don't be dumb. Just use your head, okay? And get the, the advice and the covering and the prayer from your spiritual leaders. Okay, I just had to say that. Because I don't want to hear any stories later of foolishness that, oh, Cassandra's message said I need to release justice. So, blah, blah. Okay, I don't want to hear that. Okay. So, connect and release. Connect to the God of justice and release his heart to a broken world. And as you release it, let me tell you something. Release joy and hope. You got to release joy and hope. Um, because we no longer look at things from this justice movement mindset, right? So we, uh, we're not in that deception any longer, that it's about us or our emotions or our feelings or what we can do. We don't look at injustice anymore with sadness um, or only depression or hopelessness, right? We see hope. We see God's promises over the red light district. We see God's promises over, uh, depressed kids. We see God's promises over the suicide rates of Korea. Um, you know, injustice is terrible and you can see so many things that are terrible but you can still be joyful. You know, am I sad over what I see when I go into the red light district? Yes, of course I'm sad. Do I cry about it? Yes, of course I cry a lot. Does it disgust me when I see someone being used for sex? Yeah, it does. Do I get angry and do I want to go crazy on people sometimes? Yeah, I do. But am I depressed on the inside? Am I changed? Am I suicidal? Am I hopeless? No. I'm not. Because the scripture says that we have a God who changes our mourning into dancing. He turns our sadness into joy. So that's what we have to see when we go out. We don't see sadness. We see joy. We don't see mourning. We see gladness. That's what we've got to release. What? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I lost my page. Okay, okay, there we go. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Turn my morning into dancing. Okay, I want to tell you guys a quick story. Um, one time, this, is, this was last year. There was a whole bunch of us that were upstairs in the sa- the sanctuary at New Philly Itewan, and we had to wait for a long time for this thing. And I was reading a book, and so I was reading it. And Pastor Marcus, if you guys know him, Pastor Marcus was sitting next to me, and um, he was like, "What are you reading?" And so I like turned the book and I showed him, and. I mean, of course, there was a book about sex trafficking, right? And he was like, don't you ever read anything happy? And I was like, sex trafficking makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> and we both looked at each other like, did that just come out of my mouth? I was like, oh, no. But you know what? Like, it's true. It's, I mean, not that sex trafficking makes me happy, but I'm able to still have joy in what I'm doing. I'm able to see God moving. And, you know, I think um, that's one of the things that really um, is a grace that Unearthed has, is a grace of joy and hope and, and love and fun as we go out and we do what we do. And I think a lot of people get confused by that or they get offended, you know, that we're, we're on this prayer walk in the red light district and, like, the six of us are all like, hee, hee, he, hee, that's funny. And, you know, we're, like, laughing at stuff, right? We're joking around. We're joking around with pimps when we meet them. You know, like one of the guys on a team, he's, he's white, and he's got a mustache, and it's awesome. And Ajashi's love his mustache. And so we use it to our advantage, right? Like, wow, you want that mustache too, huh? And we talk about mustaches, right? So, but that's okay because... What they need or what they see is hopelessness all day long, depression all day long. You know, when, uh, the girls that are working in the sex industry, a lot of them are mentally and and emotionally underdeveloped because they've been hurt and broken and abused so much that they're really like children. And so they don't see hope, right? You have, they're like, they're broken, and and when we've talked to pimps, like head pimps, who, you know, we think pimps are all like, ooh, big money, big money. And they're all like the big man, you know. But that guy was depressed. He was like, yo, I don't want to do what I'm doing, but what else am I supposed to do? What else can I do? I just got to stay in this. They're depressed. And so if we walk in there as the ones who are supposed to be shining the light, and we're like, oh, God. Please save them from their despair. (laughs) What the heck are we doing? Right? We're not releasing anything. If we want to go in and release something different, we got to bring something different. If we want it to look different, we got to be different. So I'm telling you, as you do this, as you connect to justice on your own, as you connect to what you're doing, and as you go out and you start to release stuff, it's okay to smile. It's okay to say a joke. Okay, it's okay to laugh. That's what we actually need. Okay, we need people to do that. So connect to God's heart through the word and prayer and release his loving, hopeful, and joyful justice onto the earth. And like um, Pastor Aaron said last week, God has blessed you guys to be a blessing. And he gives you revelation to share with others. So everything that I've said to you tonight, don't be fooled. It was straight revelation, okay? It was revelation. So it's not just for you. You've got to release that. And Korea really needs you to get this. Your family needs you to get this. Your home country, wherever you might go back to later, they need you to get this. You guys can do something about it, whatever it might be. You can do something in the justice movement. No, not the justice movement. Because I told you that the justice movement is bad. Okay? You can do something for justice. You have to do something for justice. And um, yeah, the last thing I want to say to you guys is that you have everything within your reach to fulfill Isaiah 61 where it says, bring good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted and proclaim freedom to the captives. That's all within your reach. Let me just pray for us as we close. God, I just want to thank you, Father, for your joyful heart over um, injustice in this world. And I thank you, Father, that you are moving in the hearts of everyone in this room, I thank you, Father, that you are um, piercing through their hearts tonight with truth and revelation that they've been hit with from your word. And I thank you, Father, that they are now uh, ready and stirred up and ready to go out and release your justice onto the earth. So I thank you, Father, and I pray for a blessing. Everything that they do, God, everything that they put their hands to, I pray, Father, that you would multiply it and that justice would be released double, triple, tenfold in what they're doing. So I thank you, Father, for your son, and I thank you for his heart of justice. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Okay, uh, oh, oh my gosh, is that what you listening to? Oh. Oh, okay. Wow, that's really loud up there. All right, we're going to take some time, and we're going to respond in prayer, okay? Um, I want us to just close our eyes real quick. Uh, You know, one of the greatest revelations of justice is the cross of Jesus Christ. Not only is Jesus justice, but what he did on the cross was the greatest forms of justice manifested. When he died on the cross, there was a great exchange. Just as uh, Cassandra was saying, uh, now our mourning turns into dancing. We can say the broken can be healed. The sick can be healed. The only reason why we can make those statements, the only reason why we can bring good news to the poor is because what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And what he did was a great reversal. What the devil did, he completely destroyed And you know, when people look at the earth today and so many non-believers, this is one of the reasons why they have a hard time believing in God is because they look around and they see injustice everywhere. And they say, if God exists, why is all of this happening all around us? How does that make sense? And my answer to you is because Christians don't know the power that they have. And it's not because there are evil people. It's because there are righteous people who aren't administrating righteousness. And there aren't saved people releasing the saving power of Jesus Christ. And there isn't people who have been called to pray who are interceding on behalf of the heart of God. That is why injustice still exists. Because like Cassandra says, you and I, we have the very same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead inside of us. And us crying about what's going on in this world is doing absolutely nothing. And so I think it's time that you and I, we begin to shift gears and it's from a place not of, Oh, this is terrible. It's from, Oh my gosh, God, you've given us power to demolish this. God, you've given us authority to tread on scorpions, the word of God says. You have given us the power to bind and to loose. And it's time that we rise up with that authority and with that excitement and with that faith that when we speak and when we move, things change in the heavenly places. No more pity party. No more victim mentality, no more hopelessness. It's time for you and I to begin to engage with what God has done and what he's enabled us to do. You know, my spiritual uh, mentor, Pastor Benjamin, he has a spiritual mentor who has a spiritual mentor, okay? It's just a crazy lineage. And Dr. Kirby Clemens, he, he once said this, God will not answer the prayers He will not answer your prayers of things that you have already had the ability to do. So we say, God, do this. But God's not going to answer that because he's like, oh, I've given you everything to do it yourself. And we cry out all the time. God, why isn't this changing? What's happening? And God is just looking back saying, what are you doing? I've given you all the power. I've given you all the authority. I've given you all the revelation. I've given you all the insight for you to see the answer to that prayer. And I just feel like, like I preached last week, no more Dead Sea mentality. No more rivers flowing to us and just stopping there. It's time for rivers of living water to flow out of us. And one of the most powerful ways that happens is through prayer. And so we're just going to pray right now. And, you know, you think about justice and you want to go and run to the red light district and just start barging through, you know, these brothels and start rescuing women. And yeah, that's... That's great, and and some people are called to do that. But you know what? God's also calling you to go to your classmate and just love them. That's justice. He's, He's telling you to go inside a room where everyone's stressed out because of going back home and to release joy. That's justice. He's telling you to call your mom and just release your love and tell her that you care for her and you love her, even when she's messed up so many times. That's justice. Our view of justice is so limited. But just like Cassandra said, justice is a person. And when you manifest God's heart, you are releasing justice. And so I want us to pray right now that God will change our mind. That as a word went out, the first thing that needs to happen is our mindset needs to be changed. And I want us to begin to pray, God, break the limitations. Break my concept of what justice is, what I can do, what it looks like. It's not just wearing a red cross, you know, on your shirt or or wearing a, a band around your wrist. Justice is releasing God's heart wherever you are, no matter what the situation. And so let's just begin to engage and just begin to tell God, Lord, we want to connect with who you are at this hour. Come on, let's be lift up your voices and begin to cry out for that very truth.